to make the right decisions. You have to understand something. You understand something that you tell them you cannot make the decision. So, I'd like to just grab like the four weeks of August result of the incredible team of multiple scientists, super talented people who really work like crazy to make that happen. You know, I think my role is to make sure that they have an environment. Space, so, so, so let's just call up a product line across the road. 
so I can see if Darren's happy or not. Um, I named up this porn machine uh, a dog. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Smart people. Um, they just can't, 
they don't prove themselves by their intelligence, and they they don't like the idea that punishment can be way smarter than them, so they just have the idea, which is abundantly cool. It's the wishful thinking kind of situation. Um, I'm really quite close to, or very close to, to kind of age in AI, and it scares the hell out of me. Um, it's capable of vastly more than almost anyone in it. And the rate of improvement is exponential. Uh, you can see this in things like AlphaGo, which went from, in the span of maybe six to nine months, it went from being unable to beat even a reasonably good Go player to then being the European world champion who's ranked 600, then being Lisa Dahl, 4 5, um, European world champion for many years, then being the current world champion, then being everyone, well, thanks simultaneously. Then, uh, then there was Alpha Zero, uh, which crushed Alpha Go 100 to zero. And Alpha Zero just learned by playing itself. And it can play basically any game that you put the rules in for. You, whatever rules you give it, just you literally read the rules, play the game, and you sit here. Very easy. Nobody expected that great improvement. They asked the, the same experts uh, who think AI is not progressing at the rate. Saying, I think you'll find that their predictions for things like Go and, and other, and, and other um, AI kind of things have, uh, their, their batting average is quite weak. It's not good. Um, the, the, we'll see this also with, uh, with self driving. Uh, I think probably for me, in this year, self driving will be, will encompass essentially all modes of driving and the at least 100 to 200 percent uh, safer than a person by the end of next year, which will be maybe 18 months from now. Um, but bits of the study on, on Tesla's autopilot version one, which was relatively clear, and found that there was a 45 percent reduction in the highway accidents. And that's despite autopilot version one, just version one. Um, version two, I think, will be at least two or three times better. That's the current version that's running right now. Um, so the rate improvement is really dramatic, but we have to figure out some way to ensure that the advent of digital super intelligence is one which is symbiotic with humanity. I think that's the single biggest existential crisis that we face, and the most pressing one. How do we do that? Because we take it that it's inevitable at this point. Some version of AI is coming on. How do you how do you steer through that? Well, I, I'm not normally an advocate of regulation and oversight, but you know, what you generate your oversight minimizing those things. But this is a case where you have a very serious danger to the public. And so therefore there needs to be a public body that um, has insight and the oversight on the Suggest that we allow anyone to just open the oil to their work. That would be insane. And mark my words, AI is far more dangerous than these. Far. So why do we have no regulatory oversight? This is insane. 
Which question you ask for? It's hard to answer questions coming from what you ask to do. And you didn't realize that it doesn't necessarily have to be, you won't be focused at all. The idea of what was the secret to us, right? Which is clearly the truth, but maybe, you know, we'll figure it out. Um, what's happened over the last year is you've seen a lot of people have people have relationships with it now in terms of, you know, how would they manage the social media? And like, we're, we're going to start it, we started the how. How do we, how do we, what's the intervention of this book? short-term stuff, things that are, other, like narrow AI is not a species of ours. Um, it, 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 will, it will result in dislocation uh, in large jobs and, um, you know, the, the sort of better way of doing that kind of thing. But it is not a fundamental species of ours, um, whereas, and there's also some intelligence in this. So, it's really all about doing the groundwork to make sure that if humanity collectively decides that maybe digital superintelligence is the right move, then we should do so very, very quickly. Um, very, very quickly. This is the most important thing that you can possibly do. Give it enough time, will it be most likely? 
zero four. That's one zero four. We'll take this advantage as best I can to support the energy. But then it's sustainable energy is absolutely important. That's not logical. It's not sustainable. It's unsustainable. Yeah, how close are you to something like that? Well, the, the core technologies are, are there. It's the wind, solar, um, the batteries. Um, the, the part of the process that there is an harmonized externality in the cost of, uh, of CO2. Works very well if things are priced correctly. But when there's when things are not priced correctly, that's uh, something that has has a real cost, has zero cost, then that's where the distortions come up with that inhibit the progress of, of other technologies. So uh, essentially anything that that produces carbon, you know, produces carbon with gas, but which includes rockets, by the way, so you can let us do it has to be in price. And then um, you start off with a low price, uh, but then that might be on what that price has any effect on the hot body, hot body in the atmosphere. You can adjust that price up and down. Um, but in the absence of a price, we sort of pretend that taking trillions of tons of fossil fuels would be, and I could do it as the opposite, we're pretending that. That have that back and has no probability of that happening. The entire scientific community is saying, obviously, it's going to be bad. Obviously, you just you change the chemical constituents of the atmosphere. So, um, so it's really up to people and governments to put to put a price on, on the poverty and then and then automatically value that. It's virtually straightforward. What do we do with carbon sensor? I actually think we can manage with the current carbon level, or even a little bit higher. Um, it, it, it's, um, I guess there's some, um, it sounds like I'm backtracking a bit. There's actually an argument that more carbon in the atmosphere is, is actually good, but up to a point. So, we might actually argue that a little carbon starved, if you go back to like years ago, uh, and say, hey, well, there is still like, we have like 280, million of carbon. We probably were carbon starved. We're around 400, just past 400 mark. I think somewhere in the 400s, probably okay. Uh, we don't have to worry about sequestering carbon or anything like that. You know, if this momentum keeps going, we'll start going up to. 600, 800, 1,000, 1,500. Um, that's where things get really squirrely. And uh, if the sheer momentum of the world's energy infrastructure is leading us in that direction. Um, it's very, so it's just very important that the, the public and government's push to, to ensure that the correct price of carbon is paid. Um, so yeah, that, that will be the thing that matters. Yeah. Our audience is very interested in the triggering of the gas. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know, it's like five or six, I think. Uh, 
I've been looking at the tournaments of this to check the rest of the videos. But, but how, I mean, on a regular day, are you, are you, are you sleeping or not sleeping? Right? Can you tell about that? You look great. Oh, okay. just with the amount of responsibilities, we didn't want to be on you know, what you got going on. Do these problems still keep you up at night, or do you think you were on your side? Well, right now, the big things that are really stressing me out in the big way are AI, obviously. Um, that's a poison. And, uh, and uh, we're working really hard on first level three production. Uh, and uh, we've been making good progress, but it's hugely hard work. But those are the two most stressful things for now. We hope for the world to look like. What's the best case scenario? So we solve these problems. What's that world look like? Let's see. So I think the good picture would look like that we would really substantially transfer to sustainable generation and consumption of electricity. Um, so that the, the, the CO2 risk and the emotional energy risk is
through this year. We won't, we won't succumb to it. Then. We're all cyborgs. We're just low efficiency cyborgs. How do we make it happen? I think we're going to book a. We're going to book a group. Um, and we didn't evolve to have a communication strategy. Um, so there's going to be essentially vast numbers of, of tiny electrodes uh, that are able to rewrite from your brain. Of course, you know, security is very important in this situation, to say the least. Um, I was going to say, I'm not coming from here, but keeping my brain here can't. Yeah. Well, a lot of people will choose to do that. Um, but um, it's a big advantage to do all this. In the case of a license, that, that's definitely what you're cooperating with. It's, it's, it's not a sort of thing. It's a back. Yeah, it's a back uh, This would be there's, there's a digital extension of you um, that is in the line, the AI extension of you, uh, a tertiary layer of intelligence. Um, so you've got your learning system, your cortex, and Tertiary, which is the digital AI extension of you, and then high bandwidth connection is what um, achieves attacks and biases. I think that's the best optimal. I hope so. Whatever's a better idea is the best way. And um, another project we did in Columbia is just a bit more strong. Can you tell us anything? Do we stop <laughs> Hopefully not Skype. It's the internet and it's Skype. Um, uh, well, we, um, we don't talk that much about Starlink, but essentially it's intended to provide low latency, high bandwidth internet connectivity throughout the world. Um, that, that actually will not be an algorithm parsing of onboard the satellite system to and in any way be a Skynet thing, obviously. Digital AI requires a lot of super intelligence, requires a lot of big servers and RAM, because it's too far intensive. Uh, but this is intended to be to provide people with, um, if you don't have any internet connectivity, with the electronic cable. Um, and it's very good for SPOS. Um, we're SPOS operated in a lot of our SPOS credit operated areas. And we're giving people in cities uh, a choice of. Low cost choice of internet access. But I think it's going to be important, the Starlink system will be important in providing funding necessary for SpaceX to develop um, its planetary spacecraft. Um, and at the same time, again, helping people know, people know or to the extent of time, they can connect to people in urban areas more on the planet. Thank you. Um, I have to ask you because this is the number one question. Going back to Mars, uh, what kind of government do you envision for the first question? And what's your title?
and then and then salespeople and then all of them told each other. <laughs> That's the way to use it. Okay. That's where I decided you really want to go to the end consumer. If you've got great technology, you want to go all the way to the end consumer. I don't tell this to, to some prominent legacy company that doesn't understand how to use it. Um, uh, so, yeah. Um, so, with with Exacom, which uh, in PayPal, uh, that's what that's what we try to do some things with the container app. And in that sort of part of the way towards its objective. Um, after PayPal uh, went, went public and, and then took over by eBay in 2002, uh, that actually freed up uh, me and a bunch of other people to go and create companies. And I seem to be between either solar, electric power, or space. Um, I thought space was like the least likely to have something, the least likely to try um, Entrepreneurs, I don't like, like nobody's going to be crazy enough to do space, so I'm going to do space. Um, so I started off with space first, uh, and um, and then about a year and a half later, in 2003, uh, I had lunch with uh, J.D. Strava and Hal Boys, and uh, was that the same person I saw in Austin? Hal Boys had been both in space and electric vehicles. Um, and um, and JV was just about just graduated from college and working with him. And the conversation turned to electric vehicles um, because uh, Howard had done something called Rosen Motors, which was like an attempted EV startup. And I said, Well, I'm working too much on electric vehicles. I'm going to do my PhD on advanced um, energy storage. <coughs> I feel like you have studies on on advanced energy storage techniques for electric vehicles. And, um, and so JV said, well, have you heard of this company called AC Propulsion? Because uh, they had created um, the T0 electric sports car as a prototype. Um, I was like, wow, that's great. Um, I feel like the amount of batteries have really achieved a level of energy density that um, for the first time allow you to have significant range. In electric car, um, and they had a sports car that had zero to sixty in under four seconds, a two hundred fifty mile range, um, and it was pretty cool. And it was just made of just a kit car, so it didn't have a roof or airbags or little control system, and it was extremely unreliable. It wasn't productized, but it was proof of concept. Um, so I got the test drive from AC Propulsion, and I was like, wow. You guys should really commercialize this. This would show people what electric cars can do. And I tried for months to get AC propulsion to um, go into production with the T0. And like, they just were not interested in doing that. Um, amazingly, they wanted to do an electric silo. Um, you know, like that boxing car. But the problem is that the electric silo would cost $70,000. Um, or you could build a Sports car for hundred thousand dollars. Okay, but like nobody's gonna buy the electric sign. Um, but two of them buy the sports car. Um, so uh, after pounding them for, for, for months, uh, finally said, like, look, if you guys are not going to 
punchline is the teaser, or would you mind if, if I did that? Um, they said, no, no problem, no problem, go ahead. It's like, great, so I'm going to do that with JV. And they said, but if you're, they said, if you're going um, to uh, try to punch out the teaser, there's some other teams you should talk to that are also interested in doing that. Um, so that's where one day we'll mock up and get the right thing. Um, and uh, I think that was probably the biggest mistake of my career. Have your cake and eat it too. Um, that's something you would be well. So I thought I can keep running SpaceX. I'll dedicate 20% of my time to Tesla, and that'll be fine. Um, and actually, uh, it, it didn't. Um, things really melted down. Went through hell. Went to recapitalize the company. We almost didn't see it in real time. Um, so, Silicon Valley accurate or not accurate? The show? Yeah. Um, the, it's supposed to get very accurate around around episode. <laughs> so it took a few episodes to kind of get it rounded. The first few episodes struck me as Hollywood making fun of Hollywood's idea of Silicon Valley, which is like not, you know, not on point. But then by about the, about the fourth or fifth episode, Season one, it really starts to get good, and then by season two, it's crazy. Uh, in fact, reality, the, the truth is greater than fiction. All the crazy stuff you see in that just look valley, the reality is way crazier than that. <laughs> yeah, you've seen it too, right? Yeah, it's just like, wow. What will have to be a story for another time for since we've, we've been asked about that. But one last question for the audience is